on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Fidelity Investments is looking for talented people. People who love helping others. People eager to start a career in financial services. Does that sound like you? As a customer relationship advocate, you'll be the voice of Fidelity. You'll learn alongside other resourceful, friendly associates, all working to achieve clients' financial goals. Learn more about the opportunities at customeradvocate.fidelitycareers.com. Fidelity Investments is an equal opportunity employer. I stayed up and think of you, and I still can't believe that you came up to me and said, I I love you. Give me some background, Juan. I I love love you you too. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Getting Grown with Jade and Kia. I'm Jade, and this week there is no Kia. (laughs) <laughs> because she had some family issues. So everybody say a prayer and say, a, you know, give Kia some well wishes, but things are going well now. Um, send her some love. So we're going to miss her this week, but we have some nice feelings. I have coming up off the bench. <laughs> oh, she she's not villains. Yeah. I mean, did I call y'all villains? Fill ins. You called oh, us a yeah. fill in. Oh, did I? Maybe we get some nice guests. Nice. Oh, that is nice. You know, You're right. Guest co-host. Contingency I have, plans. I have a nice know. guest in a, in a nice filling. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> monster. Yeah. Antoinette, I'm around the way, curls. Hello. Yes, we curse. Hello. And Juan. Hey. Juan Picard. Hey, what's up? I'm very excited to have you here. I've been trying to have Juan for two months, mm. and it never worked out on my end. And so here we are. We're going to have a wonderful discussion today, but first... We're going to get into some trash. Actually, no, I'm so sorry. I'm doing this very wrong. I need to do this like Kia. Welcome back to another episode of Getting Grown, <laughs> where we discuss the tests, the trials, the twists, the turns, the tribulations, and the taxes of being an adult in the year of her Lord 2019. <laughs> All right. Praise her. And uh, Kia likes to open the show, Praise the Lord, niggas. I will open the, the show with... Ashe niggas. Oh my God. Yes. And Juan. Uh, how was your week, Juan? Uh, my week's been going pretty good. Uh, last week, um, my job, I started back at the school. So it's been good to uh, 
not be in the office and actually be out interacting with people again. Ooh, that's always, ooh, that's always the best. Well, until until they start talking back, then you know that it's... Right, right, and then, right, exactly. And we're going to get a little bit into what Juan does. That is why he is here on this kitchen table talk with us today. Antoinette. My week was wonderful. I, well, I'm mostly focused on the weekend. I went home to Philly. Shout out yeah. to the 215. I saw oh, my weird. co-host, Sha- whatever. <laughs> I saw my co-host, Shan- Shanti. I went to her shop, the Sable Collective. Club, it is club. thriving. And I had a date. <laughs> hey. Oh, hey. we're talking publicly about it because I was going to keep I it ain't saying no names, but I had a very <laughs> nice date a very with nice a date. very nice man or mm. whatever. How mm. at me in like a week because we'll see. <laughs> but um, we'll do a follow up. Yeah, I got to hang out with Joe with JoJo Shanti's daughter, so it was just like a great weekend. I went to the Eagles game with my dad. We nice. kicked ass. It was just fabulous. So Good I'm ball. I'm on a little high. You went to the link. I did. Who did JoJo meet this weekend in Philly? <gasps> JoJo met Sonia Sanchez at the motherfucking African American Museum. If you are in Philly, they have a really dope exhibit at the African American Museum all on male vulnerability. Oh, wow. Mm. How fitting. Isn't that? Today. So the exhibit is gorgeous. And there's there was it was like the opening night for it. And there were so many of the artists and so many of the photographers there. And they were like really young. Mm, like have, it. it wasn't like just old heads out there that were established. It was like young jaunts and they were jaunts, like youngins. My like homegirl was 19. there. Really? She was, she was there. I think they had some of her art on display. See? She's a photographer out of Atlanta by the name of Phyllis Iller. So she was in the building as well. So that's, yeah. If that's you have time. an opportunity check, check that out. It's, it's fire. It's really, really worth it. So, yes, we'll put the link in the description box. Well, and my week was fine. I'm working on things and that's all I'm going to say about that. But we'll Jay get into some fancy trash. things she's working oh, on. Oh, they're not so fancy. They're a lot of groundwork, but it's good things. Let's go in and get into this trash, though. All right, we got trash to get into. So I think we're going to start with some good news. The Tyler Perry studio opening. Yes. yes. Did you all see pictures from that? I don't know. I know you have one. You didn't see it? <laughs> I saw it. It looked great. Even though I'm like, I think you and I are the same. Uh, yeah. You know, I feel ways about Tyler I Perry. I feel but ways, I'm not but know. I'm very proud of yes. this man yes. owning his things. I don't always condone Yes, the shucking and jiving. I don't. It's not my thing. However, I will say that Tyler Perry is very much behind putting a lot of black people on. He's employed so many people of color. So, so, so many people of color. And so that is something that we should absolutely give some sort of give some sort of credit to. I'm not going to shit all over him. Now, do I love the way that he puts everybody on? No, I do not. (laughs) Oh, Tyler. <laughs> but it looked really beautiful. It did. And it w- he dedicated the sound stages to, he has 12 sound stages. Yes. Can you please read those dedications? Yes. Because that was lovely. Um, so one is dedicated to, well, they're dedicated to Oprah, Whoopi Goldberg, Denzel Washington, Di- the late, great Diane Carroll, Will Smith, Halle juice. Berry, Della Reese, John Singleton, Sidney Portier, Ruby D, Ozzy Davis, and Spike Lee, which I thought was really interesting because him and Spike have beef. beef. Um, where you know Spike has 
and he, he, he feels ways he, about his shucking he feels and ways as, as well. well yeah but tyler's response to that it was on tmz or whatever but tyler's response <laughs> to it was um you know it's not about any beef like it's it's all about the fact that I'm honoring this man who basically was the black filmmaker pioneer mm-hmm. and he deserves to have this named after him, period. I don't care how he feels about me, but I know what he did for me. So I respect it. I respect it, too. But it, I want to see it like he has tours and stuff. I know. I saw the White House. I saw the like the, the White House. Like, yes. Part of the stu- like he has serious one. This is not. Let me it's like a, let me try to put this it's in like context a park. for you. It's Where a neighborhood. It? It's in Atlanta. Atlanta. Mm. It's like a whole theme park looking like it's huge. It's the White House set, yeah. the front looks like like yeah. Pennsylvania Avenue. Hmm. Like it is a it is a neighborhood. Like this is not just a regular yeah. asset. It's supposed to be bigger than Disney. Wow. Bigger it's supposed to be like the biggest studio now. Damn. So I just hope people go that. there though, because they have the whole celebrities don't wanna film in georgia anymore because oh, of yeah, their the abortion so laws. it'll be interesting to see how that plays out that is interesting how it plays out yeah we'll see maybe they'll be like i want to film with a black man but exactly and we'll i want to support happens. this we'll see but yeah shout out to tyler for that um i still think he hates black women but that's fine beyonce was there <laughs> she was was she the fuck at one i'm gonna show you this picture show one. show him beyonce is embracing her full-grown woman body and I'm she all the way here for it. Was grown as fuck in that mm. picture. I when I saw it, I literally gasped out loud. Like, it's are like you? Like she's snatched, but she still has the slight mother, like the slight mother thing. So but I think like, I saw a ton of pictures from this event. Like I saw yeah. like Oprah. Oprah had this amazing clip yes. from it. Like, how do oh, you yeah. feel? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you a Beyonce <laughs> fan? Something tells me no. Uh, Don't upset no, me I'm today. More than Beyonce, oh <laughs> shit! Oh. Are you thick Rihanna, thin Rihanna, all Rihanna? All Rihanna. Okay. All right. I'll I'm take here it for it. it comes, I'll take baby. that. I'll take that. It's just her vibe. Like, you know, I know. she just seems like super, super fucking cool. Is it she is she great? She yeah. like she she exudes the sex, but it's like you want to hang out with her. It's it's amazing. Um speaking of beefs. <laughs> Ja Rule. <laughs> the ja- fact that his name alone is funny. Just incites and giggles. It's like ja Rule. What, what about him? Does that name makes you laugh? Like, uh, so everything. <laughs> every Everything about Ja Rule makes you laugh because he's a cloud. But he's trying to call somebody. So he's basically saying that he would like to squash his beef with 50 Cent, which is like I a... Bet. Over fifteen year beef, but he lo- he's lost every bit of that beef. He has, and what he so says, I want to squash it too. And I quote: "Here's the thing, right? We've been having this ongoing feud now for like I don't know. It seems like fifteen years, uh, or something like that." Josh said, and I think it's time that we've grown past it. So I'm going to take today on Andy and watch what happens live. This is, is what's so happening stupid. live. I am removing myself from the circus because what I've realized is when you entertain clowns, you become a part of the circus. It's like a little stab, but it is what it is. Oh, General, shut up. And why are you on what? Why are you on Andy Cohen? What are you talking about? That was probably like how he got on the show. He's like, I'll talk about, I'll talk about 50 Cent. I'll talk about 50 Cent. And then 
And then Andy sure. said, please name three nice things about 50 Cent. And he said, he's a bad father. He's got like a big square box head and he looks like his breath stinks all the time. And that was the nice thing. And, and, and adding that they are sworn enemies forever. So apparently what? he does not want to clear up what this beef f- that he okay. he's crazy as cat shit. But we should have known that from that fire festival stuff. Because now he's talking about... Have, did you hear... Thanks, babe. Did you hear about the fire Festival stuff, Juan? Oh, yeah. He's trying to do another one, He's right? trying to do another festival. Oh, I'm so happy. He announced Let's to his go. children Let's that he's going we to announce. We should just do it. We should just go. Who's going to go? I want to go. No. I want to see it for myself. And I want to film all these white folks crying. My parents are not rich enough for me to do anything like that. Oh, I was hoping. <laughs> maybe, maybe Ja Rule, if you're listening and you need some media influencers to cover your festival... I'm going to clown the shit out of you. He, obviously, he welcomes that because he went on what Watch What Happens Live to go talk about 50 Cent. He also is on a TV show called Growing Up Hip Hop. And he tells his children on the show that he is going to be doing another festival. And the look that his children give him. How old are his kids? Grown. At least 20. One of them is at least 21. And the son is how old? Eighteen. Did you 21. see how he looked on Andy Cohen? He had his sunglasses on and stuff. Yes, I'm also looking the at these the fancy shoes. He looks like he's missing a pipe. This is a, what is this? An ascot? What is happening here? He's got on a fancy shoe with a big um, umbrella on it. I don't know. Yeah, like a turtleneck. It's I'm like he's wearing a turtleneck and like a suit. It's real like Bond villain. He's actually channeling the the young man who he did the festival and scammed all them people with. <laughs> um sad news joshua brown who mm. was the key witness in the botham gene um case and trial was shot and killed by an alleged unknown uh person we know who's behind that it's the police and you know blue lives matter in their world and the minute you speak against one of them they're gonna target you yep. and so what do you all think about that I mean, we've seen it happen how many times now? Like all the Ferguson activists. Exactly. I mean, what happened in Staten Island in the wake of Eric Garner? Like, but the fact that they think that we don't, we're not onto that, or maybe they they just think they don't give a. I think they care. Yeah, you feel immune, and they're just about about maintaining power. You're absolutely no. You're right. You're right about that, Juan. You ain't never lied. Um. So rest in peace to him. That's so sad. All the all he got the, a kid too. Yeah. All the they're about to, to turn family. one in like two weeks. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. All because he was going to tell the truth about somebody who committed a crime. Who who, who, who a is crime, a murderer? A crime. That is like the crime. The crime. You walked up in somebody else's house, and I'm actually. I'm actually pretty disgusted by everything and how everything is unfurling. I know people feel ways and I think that the family should be allowed to grieve the way they grieve. While I don't agree with it, I'm with mom Dukes because she like fuck all that. But Same. that judge and that bailiff, they should just be thrown away. Just, um, it's just inappropriate. It's completely inappropriate. It's a conflict of interest. It's unprofessional. And at the end of the day, that woman is was a, is a cop. She still bleeds blue. And so they're going to protect their own. But that I think that the ramifications of that young man, I understand that he wanted to have he wanted to forgive her. and He mm-hmm. needed that for himself. But the ramifications of like like my mother is white. And she sent me that clip and was like, isn't this so wonderful? 
And I was like, no, no, it's, it's not. not. And this is why, mom. And she couldn't understand. She was like, well, you guys have to, people have to learn to forgive. We have to forgive each other. I was like, while I don't disagree with that, there's a woman in Texas who fired warning shots and got 20 years. Florida. Florida? Is it Florida? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's and disgusting. Got 20, 20 years off of warning shots. Warning shots. And this Dude one. that fell asleep in jury duty, what, he got 10 days? Like, 10 days. 10 crazy. days. That's absolutely crazy. So that's why that forgiveness feels a little... On the national stage, it's hard to stomach. Especially when it's 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 going as far as giving your Bible to the murderer. And I want to embrace you. I want to hug you. I, I hope wanna... we're friends afterwards. Especially when, like, in those moments when... People are being convicted for crimes. Judges often like have a little freedom to say whatever they want to that person. Right. And it's often not that. And you choose you're you're saying right now, oh, I'm going to give you my Bible and become your friend, even though you walked up in this black man's house and shot him. I'm over it. I'm disgusted by it. So we talked about it last week. We mentioned. So she got 10 years. Um and I'm I'm just I'm disgusted by the behavior. I agree with you. Everybody should be able to mourn the way that they do. I don't agree with it. No. I don't agree with this mourning. I told my sister, I was like, if anybody ever kills me, you better un- and you Throw offer them chair. forgiveness. No, I was like, I will come back and haunt you for the rest oh, of my li- fucking life. I will Absolutely. opt into purgatory just to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't play with me, little Same. girl. Same. I already I posted. I reposted your thing on Instagram. Oh yeah, Instagram. that was. Mis- if somebody kills me, <laughs> no. And people are out here trying to help. My loved ones are trying to help you, but y'all better throw a y'all better throw a damn chair. <laughs> I want a riot. Yeah, I'm not. With I the want shits. a riot. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then lastly on the trash, the impeachment. Mm. Mm. Ciao. Mm. Mm. He'll get impeached. He's going to get impeached in the house. Do you really think so? In the house. We have the house. Democrats have the house. Let me not say we, because I don't know everybody's, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but um, I guarantee you it's a we up in here on this show. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll just say like Democrats have the house. I believe he will absolutely be impeached in the house. The Senate, the way these cowardly ass Republicans are acting think they're going to protect him. And I, I don't think that this means he's going to be cast out. My hope is just that this causes his base is so flicted. I just I'm hoping that this gives the independence pause about him. But then it's also like this. This gives pause about Joe Biden as well. And so I just feel like independents might not vote I don't know what they're going to do. I think mm-hmm. that they're just going to be super conflicted because they don't want Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. She loses in every, she, every poll so far, if she's the candidate who I love, I want to live in her America. But mm-hmm. if she's the candidate, Trump wins again. And I think she might be able to win them over. Maybe there's a lot of time left, but right now Joe Biden is the one that beats him. But this is still this is mm-hmm. what Trump does. He creates a narrative. He puts mm-hmm. it the fuck out there. There's no proof to anything, but that's enough for his base because they're not that educated and they don't take the time to educate themselves. And they know what he's about and they like that. They yes. like it. They they love it. They embrace it. Actually, it's everything that they wish would have been forefront for. the. But it's not past. even about the races. Like I, again, have. No, it's not. It's, it's classism. Classism. It's mm-hmm. about their check. Mm-hmm. It's about their money. And mm-hmm. that comes before everything and anything else. And some of them, yes, don't want this country to be browner. Mm-hmm. Of course. But the vast majority is about. If you money. really look at what's it's going disgusting. on, though, the people who don't want the country to be browner <laughs> is are the are the poor white people. 
they're the ones who are out here screaming about well that's white because genocide. they feel like the br- the brown people are the reason why they're poor exactly that's why and they just fail to realize that you're just poor because you suck oh my god what it's true <laughs> I mean, it, it, it kind of goes back to like bacon's rebellion where it was like they used they, it was like it's almost like we're like unraveling it back getting back to that where mm-hmm. it's like they use racism to kind of like separate the poor whites mm-hmm. from the black folks who are like not that different from them at that point because like white folks were essentially like indentured servants right mm-hmm. and they kind of like got together and started like going after the merchant class it was like straight like class war so they were like okay we need to divide this up so it's like those working class because like they're the ones that also kind of like have the fear of like becoming like that or they mm-hmm. have like these like I mean, I always say the most racist white folks you'll meet are like ethnic white folks who live like near cities who like moved out of cities because then they have all of this like, well, it was fine when we were there and we, you know, we were we were immigrants, too. And now now look at it, you know, and like Mm -hmm. they like they have these really simplified narratives of how it all played out. And it just kind of. Because then they think they know, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's like the ignorant folks that like they don't know. It's frustrating. And like you they they almost know they're talking out of their ass. Like when you you meet a person like that. But those folks like they they feel like they've got it. And that's well, the dangerous space. ones, because yep. the thing about these are the people where you can show them a video, you can give them a clip, mm-hmm. you can give them a direct quote from their boy mm-hmm. and say, hey, did you do you realize that Trump said A, B and C about poor people? I'm just using that as an example. Yep. Show them the video and they'll go, well, he didn't say that. <laughs> like, these are the people who are Mm-hmm. putting power behind him which is very fascinating so yeah i've had trump supporters in my family and i'm like you, like he's a serial rapist what about that and mm-hmm. it's like well yeah. um well, that you know and oh, they, all those people were just looking for money from him absolutely of course absolutely that is our trash this week <laughs> that is it i we're gonna close <laughs> out with the ultimate trash, trash. <laughs> he's the ultimate trash. he's the ultimate trash and i hope to god that he Nope, not nope. Not. I got faith in, in President Warren. I think that's going to happen. I pray to Speak God. Aren't you with it? I think Speak it, it. I, I think her and Julian Castro. I think they stomp him because, like, like Latinos can go conservative, and I they think, can. like, but I think so. I think after these years of Trump, like, they're ready to like, like, give this guy like a big middle finger. And then if you got Castro on it, who, who and like he's an attack dog, so I like that for VP. Like the mm-hmm. way he's getting up in people's case in the debates, I'm like he lost yes. a lot of steam though when he yeah. when he did that Joe Biden. That was I not know. tasteful. Yeah, no, I did it like that came off real bad. But like what I saw there was like imagine President Warren going after some kind of like all right the student loan forgiveness package, mm-hmm. you know, and then like I'm like yes, get that like full forty fifty through. Mm-hmm. But Facebook start- is trash too. You yeah. saw that, right? Did you see that? What, what happened? Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, that it's like yep. leaked audio. Is it leaked mm-hmm. audio or leaked video? It's I audio. What, I mean, they got it like him on record. They have him on record talking about how Elizabeth an Elizabeth Warren presidency would be bad for Facebook. And that's so dangerous because Facebook is how Russia really affected oh, the know. last election. So now people are investigating him and thinking like, well, because this isn't in your interest, how are you going to are you going to be pulling down her ads? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be pushing more propaganda against her? It's like a whole thing because he mm-hmm. knows that she's coming for these big. She's coming for the, their money. I'm she's not at playing this right now. Mark Zuckerberg yep. is reportedly nervous about an Elizabeth Warren presidency. Yeah. Top, That's dangerous. Uh, and now, Very like, dangerous. Wall Street execs that are normally Democratic donors said that they would either sit it out or give money to Trump. Mm-hmm. But then, but then other folks are saying that this is actually the Warren campaign drumming this up to look to like kind of bolster her cred. Well, that's smart. I mean, which, this was the I mean, best week for her. 
Went she's, on, got the big, she's got the big chunk of Bernie undecided. Got a, she got a big yep. chunk of undecided. Birdie had a heart attack. Had so that, attack. I, I hate to say it, but people well, not going to vote But they've been, people have not as a really been on board with him because of his age, even though Trump is, not, is no mm-hmm. small mm-hmm. fish, no, no young fish. Yeah, we'll see. Trump is trash. She wanted to move on anyway. We could talk about this all goddamn day. The I orange did. monster. We can just end with a fuck Trump. Oh, fuck and him. that's our trash this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's our trash. We'll move on to our good old shout outs. This is popping right now. Like. And it's time for our shout out. <laughs> shout out to Brownies. <laughs> As Antoinette is trashing me over here. No. Our shout out this week, we've shouted them out before, but they are coming up on their one year anniversary. We are. Look at us. Around the Way Curls podcast. Yes. Mm. We fucking did it. You did. I'm so proud of my book. Y'all did it with a store opening. (laughs) One of them opened a store, the other one is out here living her best life. Moving and living in Bali and Australia. You are. Got it done though. Didn't even skip a week, child. Yeah, you cranked to, them out. I edited them myself. Antoinette and look at her beautiful ass Bali pictures. Oh yes, she's out here looking like travel noir. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to travel noir. Like the women love it because she looks beautiful. The men love it because she's got her titties out. Like it's it's a something for everybody. Why does man? it always come back to titties? <laughs> always. There's so many of them. I hate you, <laughs> but I'm so proud. Thank you of you all for being consistent. You know that's hard. Yes, yes. You know that's not easy. That's the number one advice I give anybody with podcasting. That is the advice you gave. And shout out to Jade for helping us with our little technical difficulties. Jay was like, okay, we got new mics too. That's what you got to do. You got to get a Zoom recorder. I was like, oh, okay. Why you always make me sound like Cleo? That's who you are to me in my life. That's how But she was with it too. She was like, okay, okay. okay." (laughs) That's how she is too. She is also Cleo. That's what we used to call her. Brolic Betty, baby. Brolic Betty. I got that. Antoinette got that name when my husband went with her to the gym one day. (laughs) I went with her to the gym first. And then he went to go do a workout <laughs> with her. He came home. He was like, yo, you ever worked out with Antoinette? I was like, yeah. I was like, that's Brolic Betty. He's like, she's mad, Brolic. <laughs> <laughs> Antoinette is a strong one. That is so, so funny. But I'm really, really proud of you all. Make sure you all check out the Around the Way Curls podcast. They See? discuss everything. Duality everything. is a thing. Duality is a motherfucking Money and dicks. Thing. Money love and dicks and, and love and light. They're Come like join a us. more ratchet getting grown. Basically. <laughs> And, and then a much more emotional one. Like yes. we, it's a lot of, yes. it'd be a lot of crying sometimes on the bitches. Mm-hmm. And then we just be talking shit the other times and talking about I dicks. I cried twice on this show. Really? Maybe. That's a lot for you. One and a half. <laughs> what the fuck is a half cry? It's like but when you start she was like, I felt in. it in my throat, but <laughs> I shoved it like, back like down. I cried inside. <laughs> oh, I think guys do a lot of half cries. We start I think, oh, that's like, a, y'all do quarter, y'all do sixteenth cries. That is a segue. Child. Y'all do quarter cries, <laughs> and we gonna you know that's a perfect segue exactly to this kitchen table talk. So we are gonna go ahead and get into this kitchen table talk. Lola founders Jordana Keir and Alexandra Friedman started their company by asking one simple question. If we care about the ingredients in the food we eat, why shouldn't the same be true of our feminine care products? The truth is the FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products, so most of them don't. But Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. Major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients and harsh chemicals. Lola products, on the other hand, are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. 
They offer pads, liners, and both BPA-free plastic applicator or environmentally non-applicator tampons, plus gynecologist-approved cleansing wipes. Lola makes your month a little bit easier with their fully customizable subscription that lets you choose your mix of products, absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. You can change, skip, or cancel at any time. And so with my subscription with Lola, because, you know, when you got the girlfriends, y'all like to sync up. So when you have girls nights and somebody may have a oops, it's wonderful for me to have Lola. I have all types of sizes of tampons, super regular light. Um, I have the cleansing wipes. They sent a little lube. <laughs> I love Lola products because they're all natural and they agree with my body and I feel good about what I'm putting inside of it. We all got one pocketbook. We need to protect her at all costs. For 30% off your first month subscription, visit MyLola.com and enter GROWN30 when you subscribe. That's MyLola.com, promo code GROWN30. Welcome back to the kitchen table. Antoinette is running her jibs, and I am over here about to ruin my computer again. Um, you all know the kitchen tables. So the kitchen table one is where we sit and we discuss the meat of the show. So all of the the issues surrounding adulting and whatever conversation that comes in. Mm -hmm. And so this week, Juan, we wanted to have Juan on the show because Juan uh, actually, why don't you tell people what you do? I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it. Uh, I'm um, a community educator in a program that focuses on teaching uh, middle school kids about healthy relationships, the difference between a healthy, abusive and unhealthy relationship, consent boundaries. Um, and then we're trying to add some more things to the program, talking about homophobia, transphobia, gender roles. Uh, and we also do this work with adults. So there's like actual consistency and uniformity in the language people are using and, um, just even like a little bit of coaching with adults, helping them engage on this stuff when a lot of times they're real nervous too, and they, they kind of don't know how to, so they don't. So, so you teach it to the parents as well on mm -hmm. how to speak to their kids mm -hmm. about these topics. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, they say the biggest, uh, one of the best ways to prevent, well, in teen relationship abuse, uh, it's the rates of reporting are very low and mm -hmm. there's lots of reasons why a kid wouldn't tell an adult about a relationship happening, especially if there's abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the ways to kind of increase the likelihood of your kid telling you is to really uh, cultivate a relationship where they feel like they can talk to you about anything, particularly around relationships. Mm -hmm. So some of the tips I'll give a parent is like, you know, talk about relationships with them. So it's a normal thing for y'all to be talking about. Like you're watching TV and there's a couple on like talk about the dynamics of that couple. Like how do you, do you think like that's a good relationship? Like mm -hmm. how are they talking to each other? Do you know? And like talk about your own expectations about like, I don't ever want to hear you abusing somebody or, you know, like really you're in a, you're in a tough situation. Like how would you handle that? Like running these situations by them, uh, increasing their own ability to identify things like put names to their own feelings and desires. And, um, and then just talking to them about how that all like plays out in, in, in relation with other people. That's incredible. Work. It really is. That is incredible work as a parent. That should be, it should be a class. It should, it should, it be should actually be a requirement. Yeah. Because as a person who, I was, re I was, re I love, my parents were great parents. They were wonderful parents, both of them. But, you know, as we all have our shit and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, and there was a lot of, uh, there wasn't a lot of openness around like talk about sex or things like that. So mm -hmm. I think this is a really important conversation for us as parents to have with our children just to, 
like you said, to have some uniformity with language, mm-hmm. to to provide that safe space for them to know that they can talk to us about anything yep. and not to project that shame onto children. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a, that, that, that's a huge thing, especially for our generation with a lot of people who were raised in, mm-hmm. you know, different strict environments. I think it's really dope also seeing parents in our generation, like trying to work with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it's, it's really impressive and like, like actually inspiring. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people say everything's inspiring, but like to really see parents like trying to doing the work it. of like, mm-hmm. like when we talk about undoing oppression and like the real interpersonal subtle ways it plays out, like parenting, you know, it is not an easy thing. Do you have children? Juan? No, I'm an uncle. Ooh, I know that's right. What got, what got you into this work? Um, hmm. I've always, I guess, pursued like a social justice, like approach to like career. Like for me, it was always looking at education, um, as a way of affecting change. Um, and I guess over time, well, I was, I just became aware of like, like, like always trying to expand, be more uh, aware of just the different dynamics that like oppression and liberation play out on. Um, and just becoming aware of like gender issues. I, I honestly think it was the, uh, the stop telling women to smile street art campaign. Yes. Um, I had always like, I had tried to do a half ass run for city council when I was like finishing grad school in 2005. Um, and I, and in it, I was like, I want to do an anti, an anti, uh, street harassment, like, like a public education campaign. Like that was like one of the things like I wanted to do. Um, and I think just like I was raised by women, like I like didn't kind of have the, a lot of like, I always felt at odds sometimes with like some of the sexist stuff I was supposed to kind of like be okay with mm-hmm. and like, and didn't internalize and like was a knucklehead. But like, um, I think like seeing my sister come home from middle school, like crying because like kids that she went to elementary school with, like boys were like now like turning on her and making fun of how she looked and, I remember just like, like feeling like the intense, like wrongness of that. Um, and that's probably like, like the seeds of it. Like, you know, like wanting to just like spare people bullshit, like, like the suffering that kind of happens, like, like the way we make each other suffer. Um, and yeah. And if you're going to, if you're going to be pursuing like, like social justice, like what's happening to half of the people all over the planet is a pretty good place to to look if you're trying to make impact. So I love the fact that you are a, I'm going to be very PC here. A cisgendered, mm-hmm. heterosexual male. I am. Who is you able to fucking work. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying you out here, man. You did see, that. see me uh, you doing this? Did it. I am, I am trying I to make sure. I used cis wrong last week. Somebody had to call me out. I was mm-hmm. like, I teach But the call out is know. wonderful. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. The call out is wonderful. I've been mm-hmm. called out for thousands of weeks. Well, call outs could get exhausting. <laughs> Calling call in, though. Ins. Call in. You know, you know like, like, let's call each other in. Yeah. Sometimes you need to call a motherfucker out, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) no, you do. But that's a wonderful transition. Everything that you just mentioned, because uh, what we wanted to talk to specifically about tonight was toxic masculinity. And I thought it would be really important to have a conversation with a cisgendered, Mm -hmm. with cisgendered heterosexual male about toxic masculinity who understands that it is a thing and that we deal with it as women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to have Antoinette here as well with Kia being away because she's very thoughtful and intentional and I love to hear her <laughs> viewpoints on things. So um, the, the term toxic masculinity, how did you feel the very first time that you ever heard that? Um, probably like on, words together. Yeah, on some level as like a, um, a guy, I probably like resisted it because I, I knew I was being uh, talked about. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it also it landed as true. 
Okay. Um, and it, you know, it's an adjective on a word because right away people want to say like, "Oh, you're saying masculinity is bad." It's like, no, it's there's it's saying talk toxic. like there's a modifier on the fucking word. You know how language works, <laughs> like. Right. Um, so it's like yeah, it's the aspects of it that are toxic, <laughs> like, and that is, I mean. We can see that everywhere. So you like, were offended right at first, but I wouldn't say I was offended, but I probably had that like that little like, eh, eh, but 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 okay, yes, yeah, true. <laughs> okay, see, Antoinette, what was that wonderful definition that you found? Oh, okay, let me pull that up, Jade of all Jade. Thank you so much. No problem. <laughs> okay, so this definition um, I found online. It says. Um, In psychology, toxic masculinity refers to traditional cultural masculine norms that can be harmful to men, women, and society overall. This concept of toxic masculinity is not intended to demonize men or male attributes, but rather to emphasize the harmful effects of conformity to certain traditional masculine ideals. Mm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I wish I wrote it. I wish I did too. <laughs> Damn. Because cause I love the fact that it that it touched on It's not trying to It's not trying it's, it's not the intention is not yeah, it's not, not to down, offend you're not demeaning or, masculinity. Right. It's the toxicity before it that mm-hmm. is the problem. So Juan, question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a time in your life where you displayed Toxic masculinity. Give us a great example. Oh, man. Very... I'm going to play the fuck out of myself. This Thorough, is a, oh. specific. No, is I didn't come onto the show for this. Damn it. Like, um, <laughs> you can stare it after this. They'll go, they'll go in your DMs <laughs> no, no, anyway. No, you got to be vulnerable. Gotta, you, oh, talk. shit. Okay. Yeah, All right. So this is a story. Lean a lot of my mic. friends. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll, a lot of my friends have this story as their first memory of me uh, in college. Oh, shit. So, uh, you know, I was kind of a nerd in high school. I didn't really like, I hung out with kids who drank, but I didn't, I didn't drink. I was just like, just not, just wasn't doing that. Um, but like two weeks before I went away to college, my sister's boyfriend at the time, like got me drunk. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. (laughs) So, um, that first big drunken night, uh, in college, apparently, uh, oh man, this is fucking embarrassing. Uh, apparently like I was like shit face drunk strutting down the hallway of my dorm my freshman year so this is like 19 this is 99 so like the aesthetic was like to like ball out so I like I apparently had like you know like a shiny ass shirt on and like Probably some shiny jeans some like go, going <laughs> some to guessies. going to the club like slacks or whatever and some dorky shiny shoes or whatever uh, and apparently I was like walking down the hall talking about like, oh, I'm looking for like Puerto Rican women to freak with at the club tonight. <laughs> so there was like probably like five or six of my best friends from college that when they ask like what their like first memory of me, it's they have lots of stories. About That's that, not right? even that bad. That's not that bad. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you were walking down the hall butt naked. Yeah. No, I wasn't one of those. Put your shoulder. Exactly. No, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't one of those. I was no. I, I would be like the person like looking at like aghast at that person, but not saying anything. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you know, were like, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, like like mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably where a lot of guys fall in it too. Yeah. Like, mm, talk about it. Like talk the real, about that. like the real aggressive dudes will be that. But I think like and I, how we come to these this point is just like the the big like silent majority that kind of just feel a way about it. Don't like you know instinctually like not feel okay with what's happening or just go silent or laugh because they feel like that's an easier thing to do. But I also think it's interesting because when you said your first reaction to hearing toxic masculinity was like resistance, Mm. mine was as well. Mm. 
just because I grew up with a very dominant father, like part of his name on IG is like alpha male, yada, yada. Like he's like that person. And so I was like, what is this toxic masculinity bullshit? Like we're always like, give men a break. Mm-hmm. And then the more and more, you, you know, yeah. I never subscribe to boys will be boys, mm-hmm. but I definitely subscribe to gender roles. Used to mm-hmm. like, um, and it's so funny because I'm so, I'm somewhat of like a badass where I'm just like, you know, king me. Like, I don't give a fuck about mm-hmm. your gender roles. But it's interesting that when within like the dynamics of a relationship, I'm much more comfortable with a very aggressive kind of man, like mm-hmm. that type of vibe. But I think that women, myself included in the past, that I have put expectations of toxic mass, some toxic masculinity onto men mm. just because of what I have been mm-hmm. just because of my experience and what I was told was a man, mm-hmm. you know, like I think that we also have these ideas and I think part of it too is like, that's, that's part of the nice guys finish last type Absolutely. thing. And we're looking for this other thing that we see in media that we are, we see in children's books, like from a young age, we're growing up and we need this brave, heroic, strong, strapping Mm -hmm. man. And that's, that's fine. That's one type of man, but there's so many other types. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, I'm just sitting here listening to this and thinking of all the ways that I put that shit onto the, some of the men in my life, you know, and how unfair that was to them as well. Same. Just in, you know, calling calling dudes soft or, or yeah. you know, saying, I don't, want, I don't want no soft nigga. Like, I need I need me a good hard nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's nothing. But what is a hard? What is I a don't hard, want no what kind is of hard, hard nothing now. Right. As if I you haven't older, been to counseling, then don't knock on this door. That's how I feel. I'm like, if you <laughs> haven't cried, right. you can't cry in front of me. If you can't do it, if you can't hold my hand, if you can't be soft, then don't do I don't want it. It's just like a complete 360. But growing up, I was absolutely in that same. Oh, same, same. And now is when I realized I'm like, oh, that vulnerability is so important. And when you don't have it, that's when you realize all of the foolish things that you asked for when you were younger. Ain't it? (laughs) Well, you were talking about that. You say you're into duality. Like um, to recognize also like what's attractive is also like people that can take initiative you know Absolutely. and i, and I think the, and i think like and like cuz like i think a lot about um like i re, I, I even on social media follow guys that like i don't agree with and they they write like stuff that criticizes feminism that criticizes even like the work i do just to kind of like know the language they use to criticize it and and often like they'll criticize around like power which is something i i think about you know like it's and all of it is like healthy masculinity, a balance and how we use these things, you know, how mm-hmm. we use our power, like a, a person that, you know, expresses, like, I think like one of the like nice guy, quote unquote tropes would be like a guy that doesn't come out and like say his intentions with somebody, mm-hmm. which is like not attractive, you know? So that is attractive. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. That so, is this. Why are you here? Yes. Right. What do you want from me? What do you want? Mm-hmm. What do you want 
Oh, yes. So I think like. Do you do that? Y'all what? get in his DM. We got to put his DM up. What? Oh, no. absolutely. Juan Pecan. Like, we're going to put it in the description. Look at his face. He's all bashful. Like, no, no, no. Honestly. Like, you cannot use this work to get laid. <laughs> Toxic. Right, you know what I'm saying? There it goes right there. <laughs> use your powers for good, Juan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, what are we talking about? <laughs> we were, yeah. So, we, let's get back to, yes. to the subject at hand. What? I that is actually a really good point, Antoinette. We do have um sometimes as women. We do it too. We yeah. have we have uh perpetuated <laughs> that toxic masculine uh not stere- not stereotype, but you know what I mean. That narrative. Expectation. Expectation and narrative. We have perpetuated that and we have to recognize that. But I wanna go back to what you were talking about with the homeboys mm. and how Yes, we need to recognize our own shit, especially as women, especially as black women. We want to know the role that we're playing in order. So because we we have a history of, you know, we have a history of a lot. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's important, though, to go back to what you were saying about the homeboys, because I don't want to put all that responsibility on black women because so much of that responsibility has been put on women in general. Mm -hmm. And it is really important that we discuss that responsibility that men play in calling each other out or in or whatever you would like to call it, you Mm -hmm. know, at that point in time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really funny to how identical, um, talking to men about sexism and like white people about racism and better off people about capitalism and class. Like, it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, it's like, when it benefits you, you just don't see it or you just are invested in not seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when it comes to, I think, I think there's also just the, uh, we're social, we're social animals and like so much of, we are like kind of calculating some level of like safety within this. I think mm-hmm. when I think about it uh, in terms of working with young people, mm-hmm. um, to always kind of be coming at it from a framework of like people are doing their best mm-hmm. and like they're, they're using what they've learned keeps them like safe. You know, it might not help them thrive, mm-hmm. which is, I think what we talk about the ways toxic masculinity, like limits men, mm-hmm. you know, it limits us in knowing ourselves and our relationships with other people. So where do you think, where do you think, cause we were having a good discussion offline, you and I, where do you think a lot of that, that toxic masculine behavior, where do you think that stems from? Like foundationally? I mean, it's, it's cultural. It's, mm-hmm. it's historic. Like these mm-hmm. are just like old patterns. <laughs> um, but the ways they get, they get perpetuated now, I think is through, uh, through media, just I'd like just to take things on the level of the four eyes of oppression. Mm-hmm. You know, oppression operates, it's interpersonal. Mm-hmm. So it's like the way we're just interacting with each other. It's ideological. It's how we're seeing and thinking about the world. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's institutional. It's the way it plays out, like in our law and society. Mm-hmm. Um, and that did I say all four? I, I believe so. Interpersonal, mm-hmm. ideological, institutional, and internalized. Internalized. Mm-hmm. How we are then like applied to ourselves. How do you think in you, you, so when you talk about, um, you talked about uh, culture a lot mm-hmm. and like where we come from as people, mm-hmm. you're a Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. um, which is African roots. Yep. <laughs> you got African roots. Right. Yep. Puerto we, Rican and Maltese. Oh, uh, yeah. my mom's New York and my dad is from Malta. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
are there ter- are there times in your life where you feel like or you said you were raised by all women? Yeah, my just like my family is a lot of women on that side. And you think that played a huge part in your outlook on it and how you're able to exhibit that sensitivity and Yeah. Like I I would say I, I grew up in a matriarchal home mm-hmm. and like extended family. So yeah. Do you feel ever in your life like growing up there was ever um let me see. How do I want to ask that? Do you ever feel like maybe that narrative was put onto you any by by like by family members coming up? Like narratives around uh, manhood and masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, I was always like, uh, yeah, well, so I was like a I was a mama's boy for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and my parents were divorced when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this is actually totally fucked me up. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, so my parents were divorced. So I would see my dad on the weekend and I would see him and he would just like, he would, he would like get on me about being a mama's boy. Mm. And then like when my mom really wanted to cut me down, she'd be like, you're just like your father. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that, uh, that'll do with something. To say yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think, so I've always kind of been like a quieter kind of kid. So mm-hmm. I think. I have always had interesting, like some dudes just kind of like, they just like read you in a certain way and like you almost become like invisible to them. Mm-hmm. And that happens with women too. Um, but then like with guys, like there's, yeah, just you notice like certain kinds of pack behavior kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Bro behavior. Yeah. And uh, I mean like, and but I always kind of tend to get along with people. Like I was a kid in high school that probably was like kind of cool with everybody mm-hmm. and could kind of like hang out and talk to anybody because I wasn't like an asshole, mm-hmm. you know? Um, at least I don't think so. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I don't think you were. Yeah. But judging from this conversation yeah. and knowing you, I don't think you were I mean, an asshole child. You never know. Um, <laughs> Maybe asshole moments. We have all had those. Yeah. Uh, well, I just never want, I never want to have that like, uh, like you do good work. So you weren't, you're not an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, like who was it? I think that's I, the fuck boy thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Aaron, like Aaron Magruder. He's like, I fully reserve the right to be a fucking asshole. <laughs> you know, I love Aaron Magruder. You know? Oh, do you know Boondocks is coming back? Yep. That's how do you huge. how do you feel about that? I'm excited <laughs> because he's involved. Yeah, I was like, if he's the, not like, involved. The third, I don't was it the third, it. fourth season? Like he the wasn't third. involved, and it was it wasn't good. Yeah, I don't even remember it. That's yeah. how crazy it is. Because the first and the second, please, yeah. my jams to this day. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the crisis of manhood. We were talking offline. Mm. Explain a little bit about what that is. Um. I think you can see it in a suicide crisis. I mm. think that's the most glaring example of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just in, in all instances of male violence, um, mm. you know, like so many times this conversation gets put as like, oh, like you're caping for women. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, who, are the, who is the biggest victim of male violence in the world? Other fucking men. <laughs> like if we right. if we start like adding war into it and this mm-hmm. and that, like what are we really talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone has a game, has a, a stake in this, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, one of the the first books that probably really pulled me in, uh, Bell Hooks, Feminism is for Everyone. Mm. You know, like that, just just that title, Feminism is for Everyone. Like, uh, and then uh, A Call to Men is a great organization. I've done a training with them and they made a great illustration of if we're looking out for the people on the margins and the margins of the margins, like everyone that inside of that is also safer. Right. And it's like, just like on a, on a very simple, pragmatic however you want to frame that political interpersonal kind of way. Like if we're just looking out for the people that tend to not be looked out for, mm-hmm. everyone does better, including you. Like, like, you know, like the people who people don't look out for and the people who look out for everybody else. Cause women mm-hmm. always have 
We do yeah. the work. Can right. I ask you what made you read that book? Yeah. As a man. Uh, I had a, a friend that pushed me to read it. Mm. Was it a man? Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. He was uh, going to Brown and he was like, was like super advanced on this stuff. And he was like, you need to read this book. Wow. Yeah. So then I, I, a big issue that I have, not an issue, but something that caught, gives me pause when we're having this conversation with men is when they say things like, well, you don't have, you don't have a mom, you don't have a daughter, you don't have this. And I always think to myself, like, why do you need that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have, you just said you don't have children. So I'm just so curious, like why some people can take it on, mm -hmm. you know, and acknowledge it. And then why others can't or so, don't so or refuse. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, it's almost like practical. Like it's just like, it's like a place that like work needs to be done. And it's like, here, there's not a lot of guys doing this work. I'm a guy. I know mm -hmm. I can like talk about this. I get it. Like I can connect it with other types of, so like this is work to do, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, I had my original thought around it was I was teaching meditation at Rikers Island and like just volunteering like, like once or two, one or two hours a week. Um, and what I noticed was that when, um, you would do like silent breathing meditation with folks, mm -hmm. you couldn't do it for that long with them because they start crying right away because mm. their, their trauma comes up. We were, we were at, at, um, the women's jail. Um, so I had a thought, like at that point I was thinking about, about gender-based violence, male violence, domestic violence. And I was thinking that maybe we could use meditation as a way, cause like men who who at that point are like hitting people that they right. love <laughs> in some mm -hmm. twisted way. Like they are essentially like sociopaths in terms of how they'll interact with a therapist and try to like uh -huh. and manipulate them and say, mm -hmm. say what they got to say to get what, whatever they got to get from them. So I was like, what if we use like meditation as a way of like, we're not even going to talk about it. We're just going to like do meditation. You're and like, just gonna, like, you're going to just deal with your stuff on your own. You're literally just going to breathe. Yeah. So then I, I just realized that mm -hmm. was going to like be really difficult work to do. Like being at Rikers Island, it, it is a, toxic fucking place yeah every way it's funny that you say that my sister's yeah. husband worked at rikers island for a while doing mm -hmm. i don't know exactly what he was doing but he's into um he's a writer and he's into theater and mm -hmm. so he was doing work writing work with the the men there and he posted something today that was perfect for this he mm -hmm. his best man's birthday from mm -hmm. their wedding is today and he wrote, happy birthday, Dante. I tell the men in my life, my brothers, that I love them all the time, but I wasn't always expressing it out loud. It started with you. You taught me how to love the men in my life loudly, boldly, and unapologetically. You are hands down the most passionate man I know. You showed me how true strength is in vulnerability, and I'm thankful for your birth every day. And I, I often think a lot of the men that are in my life come talk to me about how lonely they are. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a so good, such good work that, that you're doing because you are a man and mm -hmm. men are not being tender with one another. Like I was watching the football game and I made it and football is filled with some oh, toxic, yeah. toxicity. Oh, yeah. Right. But I was watching the game and then I was watching the guys jump on each other's backs, high five each other, mm -hmm. give each other slaps on the ass, hug each other, mm -hmm. cheer for each other and be like a mo playful boys again, mm -hmm. like yep. tap into that. And I thought to myself, this is the only time this is acceptable within yeah. society. Mm -hmm. And men can't they don't like if you 
get a, a promotion, they're not running up and giving you a hug and cheering for you in the same way. But if you dunk the ball, it's like, mm-hmm. it's I, can all, smack, I can smack your ass. And it's, okay. it's, it's interesting to mm-hmm. me. And I just like, even men. Well, it's like the verification of malehood always comes through the body. Oh, mm. yeah. Hmm. Can you can, can you, you expand on that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you both of us like, like oh. yes. I think like like uh gender's performative. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think like a big way manhood is performed is like through physical acts. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, I think even like even like the idea of domination is like a man idea, but like the ultimate like of course you can definitely dominate someone like mentally and emotionally, and those are like parts of abuse and um but like the physical aspect for sure. Like that's why like, like a sport like football, like always like captures the imagination. Like you play it with your full fucking body, even mm-hmm. soccer, like to other parts of the world, like that, like you play it with everything. The real, mm-hmm. the like, real football. Yeah. Like, like you like, like okay. at a high level, like a guy like diving for a ball with his head while like guys are coming at him. Like that's like pretty fucking like dangerous and violent too. And it's also like, they get up and they're like, <sighs> do you think that's like a primal thing? Do you think it's, that it goes back to us being animals and possibly wanting protection and wanting to feel protected. Yeah. I mean, of course, a lot of this stuff like evolved, you know, mm-hmm. when we were like surviving and hunting, I think a lot of sport like mimics hunting in different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause they said the way humans actually used to hunt was, was not really through like brute force. It was that we, we outran animals. Mm, they said like, real, like they would like just like chase them and they would like tire them out and then they would bring it down. So like even the, the way we think of like the macho hunter as like the it's solo, false. the solo guy out in the, in the tundra by himself with just a fucking, <laughs> just a fucking spear and he took a sweat rippling like down exactly, his yes. abs. It was actually just a he bunch of guys. Sure like, it was like the fucking, it was the cross country team. <laughs> <laughs> some six more hours this fucking thing's gonna tie around we're gonna yeah. get it <laughs> it's physical it's physical uh, for men yeah so yeah i think um always like just the way like a man is evaluated is still like in very physical terms mm-hmm. do you have relationships with men that feel tender yeah yeah see mm-hmm. that's a i think that's a game changer when it men is. have that i just think it, you there's a lightness to you that I don't feel from so many men. Mm-hmm. An openness mm-hmm. and a vulnerability. I mean, I women, we have I our, like... we have our circles. Mm-hmm. We have our, our girls. And mm-hmm. it's such a huge part of my life. It's mm-hmm. like anchoring mm-hmm. and men. I would say like in like my current life, I am probably more isolated mm-hmm. uh, in a way that probably does help me connect and understand with what a lot of men are going through. Mm-hmm. And like, especially like the absence of touch is like another yeah. particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I I argue that's why a lot of men translate that absence of that tenderness mm-hmm. to sex. To sex, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to the hunt, to that kind of hunt and to that kind of domination. Because they're not, because, t- you know, we, Antoinette will come, she will hold your hand. Yeah. She'll, we will walk I down will, the street. Antoinette I, will lock fingers and I'm, say, this is what we're going to do today. I, I do. I will force it. I'm like, we are going to be tender with one another. Yeah. Jade, I, you hug me now when you see me. I, I don't do. know if you know. She didn't used to, but mm. she noticed. She's she's I slowly trying it. to get me to a skin to skin type of situation, but I won't give in. So what about it? What about it is uncomfortable for you? It, you uh, oh, Did you grow up around it? Did you grow up with it? I just always assumed it was that. My mother wasn't the most affectionate mm. 
physically. She wasn't the most affectionate physically. My father was oddly like uh, barbarically affectionate. I love mm. that. It was a lot of like he'll walk past you and lick your face, or <laughs> sometimes he'll gra- he'll literally like grab you like a bear, but he'll give you a kiss on the cheek. He was a lot. He was a lot more like brute like that, but he was mm. affectionate at the mm-hmm. same time. My mother wasn't very affectionate though. And funny mm. enough, Tristan asked me that recently. He was like, was, was your mom very affectionate with you? I said, now that I think about it, no. Mm. We weren't super affectionate. You know, we just weren't super affectionate yeah. like that. My mama was, is still. Like when I go visit mm-hmm. her, we'll sleep in the same bed. Mm. Like if her husband's like somewhere else, mm-hmm. we will ask, she'll be like, where are you going? Oh and no. I'll go down and sleep and then cuddle. Oh, my night. mom does an Irish goodbye. You can be hanging out. That's and terrible. Know, she's gone <laughs> and she's in her bed. And don't come get it. <laughs> But, but men need that. It's like, mm-hmm. it's funny because one of the things that I'll ask someone if they're like a potential partner of mine or something, and this is probably insane. This is part of insane Antoinette. But I'll be like, <laughs> if you had a son, will you kiss your son? And depending on how they answer that, we're either going to continue to date or we're not. That's if you are not mm-hmm. going to be loving and tender with a little boy, then mm-hmm. that tells me that you have so many blockages that I'm not interested in. Mm-hmm. For me. Because it's no, for it's, me. it's important. I it's love when I see men kiss their sons. Yes. When they're affectionate with their sons. I, my dad and my grandfather, yeah. when they see each other, they they embrace and they kiss on the cheek. And that's what they do. My Nana goes even further to the point. My Nana's my great grandmother. My father's grandmother. She's still alive. Mm-hmm. And she will kiss you in your mouth. <laughs> I kiss like almost all my family on the mouth. That is I think it's an Italian it's a thing. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My father's like, Nana, please. And now he's 50 something. Nana, please stop kissing me in my mouth. <laughs> she will kiss you right in the mouth. But it's, mm. I do think that that infection they is also super have, important. They're white. They have smaller lips. But it doesn't, so it's like a little, like, that no, it's still no, like a tiny still, peck. It's it's still is that fucked up to kissing, say? It's kissing in the mouth, though. It's just like that's so like there. There goes that blockage. In mm. Is that block? Do y'all kiss in the mouth? Mm, no. Y'all kiss <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm playing it in my head. I'm like, no, I think it's cheeks. Yeah, no, it's cheeks. <laughs> it's cheeks, right? I'm like, no, right, well, like, whatever. I don't know why my no judgment. No, shoot, shoot. She'll kiss you right. But what now. I'm curious to know how you define toxic. Like, what are the different ways to be toxic? Like, toxic. What are some yeah, of the examples? Yeah, because there's that you so mean? many different <laughs> mm-hmm. ways. There's blaring ways. There's subtle ways. Because it's not just. It's not. I don't want people to think. I think that everybody hears that term and they automatically mm-hmm. think abuse. Right. And it's like, that's not necessarily the case either. It's right. more so like it can show up in very small. It's like, you think of it as like toxicity ways. because of masculinity. Like there's lots of things that are toxic that we do. And then there's like mm-hmm. those, the things that are specifically like around like a man performing his manhood in some way to himself, to the men in his head or to like someone around him. Um, yeah, it's like what are micro examples of that? Because some people are probably taking part of it and they don't even realize. Uh, what? What? I mean, you tell me. <laughs> like, I, I would think like the talking over somebody. I think that's something guys do like very, very quickly and easily. Yes, um, they do. <laughs> mm, mm. The like not listening, like, like I've definitely seen the like, like not necessarily, I've seen it at work also. And I want to, I want to definitely say the name of an organization right now, but I'm not, um, <clears throat> but I did graphic, classy. but I did graphic design for y'all. Um, but oh, like, you know, you are, but like, it was totally like a situation where you'd be sitting around and all these like, um, 
brilliant women um, are sitting there saying ideas and things that should happen and mm-hmm. like are not being acknowledged. And then the head, who's a man, is sitting there going like, what about? And he would just, and, and I'm like, like, I would be sitting there with my mouth open like, oh, this is actually like a thing that happens. Oh, it's no, not, it this, happens often. This isn't like a, like a cartoon happening. No, no. But I think in, in other ways also, like, I mean, I, shit, the, the coverage of the presidential race, like the way Warren like hasn't really like, they're yep. just not talking about her. I'm like, why aren't you like saying her name? You know? You know why. And I think part of like, I think part of it is the politics, but I think also it is her being a woman. Um, that's a very big example you're asking for micro. Mm. <laughs> um, no, but that's an example that's different from, I think, what the normal understanding of toxic masculinity is. Mm-hmm. You know, the people are thinking, in my Super experience, yeah, yeah, people are thinking they're grabbing women, mm-hmm. they're they're talking about women's street body her, parts. Street harassment. Street, and it's, it's much it's much deeper than that it's just sometimes it's just a everyday way of some people's being mm-hmm. if, if you want to pull up an image the uh the rape the rape culture pyramid if you google that that's Let's like see. a great tool for talking about this with adults the rape culture pyramid child oh trigger warning if you're looking it up <laughs> um Oh wow! No, you go to the go to the other one. Oh, okay. There's like a newer version that's got better words. That one in the second row. On this the one le- on the left. This one. Yeah. This which one? Do wait. Where the hell one. did it go? Where did it go? One. Um, oh wow! It, now it's on the top row, second from the right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'll put the link in the description box. Mmm. Oh, and this. Okay. Wow. So, you know, people see what's on the top and they, you know, how do we get to that? Um, right. But it's it's sort of all the stuff that comes before that, that. So it's a pyramid. It's a pyramid of rape culture. And it's starting with the normalization at the at the very base where, you know, with rape jokes, girls should stay home. Boys will be boys. Um, Locker room banter. Yep. Victim blaming. Sex. Unequal pay. Mm. That's huge. That's a big one. Yeah, that's like where that the removal of autonomy comes in. So I think body autonomy is a really important thing to teach people about mm-hmm. uh, and the way that play. So, again, like if you break things down to four eyes of oppression, like it's a really helpful tool for looking at anything, including like how you then like undo this stuff. Because mm-hmm. lots of like removal of autonomy, like that's when the law is actually like saying like this person is less protected under the law, therefore less protected everywhere. Hello, that's Wade. So then, so then if you go back, then there's what, there's a version of it. If you just scroll down on the left side, this one here, yeah, that one at the very bottom on the left, this one. Yeah. So then that one, then that's just how any ism plays out. Mm, yes. You, you know, for, for the, for like the person that's like, wait, I can't look at this. Cause I feel, I feel indicted by this rape culture thing. If you just mm-hmm. show it to them to so that, it's like, Oh, mm, and then homicide, suicide at the very top. I mean, you could put genocide up there too. You can. <laughs> I'm going to put both colonialism in the description box. This is, um, yeah, the rape culture one goes from normalization, degradation, removable, removable, removal of autonomy and explicit violence. And it shows you the steps. And for those of you who are listening and can't get, get, can't get to the visual, it shows you the steps in which you gradually get to explicit violence. Right. Because not everybody's just a creep who's getting ready to just pull their dick out. Like, that's not always how it starts. I mean, if you like, even but like unsolicited the dick thing, pics like, is on there. But that, well, that degradation. Is, like, there's a lot more guys making rape jokes mm-hmm. than there are actually committing rape. Right. Right. But, a lot. Right. The all, pyramid it's all gets part of a, at the an time. ecosystem, mm-hmm. you know? Contraceptive sabotage. That should, yeah. I really believe that that should be 
you should be able to press charges against. I thought, Absolutely, I thought you can. I thought can you? I thought that was considered a form of sexual assault. Oh, I didn't know. I'm, it's see, called stealthing. We don't even know. Mm. I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure that, yeah. Stealthing. Because that's a covert conduct. Well, actually, well, stealthing, yeah, stealthy and contraceptive sabotage are two different things, actually. They are because yeah. you, because. Because that, that's a bigger umbrella. Mm-hmm. Stealthing is, is pretty specific. Right. Which is, it looks like that could be, that would be more on the man, but a contraceptive sabotage could be by like, like, yeah. like that could be them fucking with your health insurance so you can't get birth control. Oh, yeah. really? Look at it that way too. Or fucking with your money so you can't, you know, like that. So like the six types of abuse, like one of them is financial. Mm. Mm. You can think of MVP stuff. Shout out to my coworker, Mariah. What is that? It's mental, emotional, mm-hmm. verbal, physical, sexual. Technological or financial? Technological abuse. So like the definition of abuse that we we teach folks is it's a pattern of mm-hmm. power and control over a person. You know, mm-hmm. like in a, in a healthy relationship, like power is shared. Mm-hmm. Uh, in an unhealthy relationship, it's probably like either like a power struggle or just a power imbalance. Like that's mm-hmm. the way like the kids probably when I when I go like, well, or it could just be like, you know, one person is really into the other person. The other person is kind of like whatever about it. Like that's when I feel like I took the kids to church and you see kids like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really how it is, man. Um, yeah. And then when you have abuse, you really have one person mm-hmm. like working power over and then it plays out through those like six different types. And the foundation is always is always going to be emotional. That's like where it, it like begins, you know, mm-hmm. like the the. Power and control is essentially an emotional thing. It is. But then those other things are just Stem uh, from that. The, the forms it takes, I guess. Fascinating. It really is. Okay, so let's round out the discussion. Well, hang on. So I guess just on a safety oh, thing, if you please. if you or someone you know is going through that, mm-hmm. um, you know, working with their consent, really try to get them to talk to a trained counselor, somebody that is able to work with somebody to get them out of an abusive relationship in a healthy, safe way. Um, there are lots of organizations out there. You could check out steps and family violence. There's just so many you can just search out. Um, and I feel dumb for not having it on hand. I'll pull something up before the show is over, but if you're put it in the description box, for sure, put the links in the description box for sure, but always respect the person's consent. Don't do things without them Mm -hmm. saying, cause you know, power is central to this. So if you're going to, if you're going to do something, you want to be empowering a person because they're, they're having that, that's power taken away from them. Um, that's really key. And you know, the most, don't tell people just, just leave. That's super dangerous. The most dangerous time in an abusive relationship is right when it ends and those in that time after it. So that's why you work with people that know how to help people and help people get out in a safe way, not just in a, any old kind of way. Cause that's when there's always a risk, but we want to make sure snaps. people are doing it safe because mm-hmm. they've lost their source of power and control and not everybody is going to immediately like run to therapy and work it out. <laughs> like, so that's where we see the, the Some violence. People will demand it back. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, just wanted to put that in there. Uh, no, sorry to bring it down. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's actually important. I wish more people would go to therapy. I wish not people in general, people, people not we have just, to unlearn too as yeah. women. And this also toxic masculinity also absolutely exists within male and male relationships. Mm-hmm. And I would even go as far. There are some, there are some lesbian couples who some women identify, I, I know some who identify as the, the, the guy mm-hmm. quote unquote in the relationship and completely embody toxicity mm. and that are that is associated with quote unquote masculinity. So it's it's just a I think what you're saying that power over someone mm-hmm. 
It doesn't even have to be gender related. It doesn't. If you're doing that, then you you need to take a couple seconds and, and think about that, you know? Yeah. Abuse, like abuse happens in all relationships. Yeah. Uh, friends can be totally abusive to each other. Like where, the, where there's the, um, where there's the potential, where there is power, like then there's the potential for it to be abuse. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, I mean, like the pattern is a big part of it. You know, that's the difference between like one person being an asshole to somebody one mm-hmm. time versus like, there is something like playing out here. There's like this manipulation of it. Um, yeah. That's important. I like that you brought that up. That toxic masculinity doesn't have anything to do with gender. Not always. Not no. always. Or does, does not always have anything to do with gender. That's super important. And we need to check ourselves and how we're displaying different signs of toxic masculinity. So I think that's a good way to round out the conversation. I think it eventually is going to come down to uh, like powerism. Yes. Like like in, in this job, this work has simplified my politics so much because it's does the stronger person have the right to do what they want to do to the other person? Whether mm-hmm. we're talking about like the United States and Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and Hawaii, um, or we're talking about like person to person mm-hmm. or like economic power of one person moving into another person's neighborhood. Like if you have the power to do something, does that automatically make it right? Right. You know? And I think that's where ultimately the conversation is moving as we start to see it as one pyramid, mm-hmm. you know, yes. in that diagram. So, yeah. That's what I, that was my, you answered my oh, question. Juan. So that was Juan. Thank you so much. Yes. This was, was, this was, I love, shit. I'm going to listen to this episode and take some notes. I felt, I I felt so all over the place trying to say everything all at once at the Why? start. But I think, no, I think, I think, I think you're going to surprise yourself I think we studied you out. No, you're very clear. We're, it's, it's, that's what it is. You have to try to condense. We have to condense the conversation, but I think you were super clear and thank you very cool. much for thank coming you. through. And schooling these niggas on what they need to know. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, Juan's DMs, we, 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 right? we, yes. we, what's Juan, we, what's Juan's, uh, we're not doing IG. that. Jump in no, the DM, ladies. That. Juan Picard. No. Yes. <laughs> Jump <laughs> in the Juan, do not we se- do we separate, the blessings. We separate the word no, from that. You, you don't know, block blessings. Don't block she blessings. might be listening right now. She could be like, oh my God, that's Who is that man? Y'all, he rides a bike. You don't assume that I want these things. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh. You're right. you right. You know go. what? You're right. Nah, I, you know, but like lately, I think I like. I know. I'm not. I'm not saying nothing. Do it. Right. Say, say, it. It. say it. Well, I've been. This is a very real. This is an adult okay. place. All right. All right. So getting grown. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess in the past, <laughs> like I have been not thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. But lately, like I'm thinking about those. Things. Oh, <laughs> it's getting cold. It's getting cold. That's called. That's called the coming. No, I was coming, actually. Coming well, like, well, I was thinking more like the like. The like dad, like there were a couple times, like you know, like like women, like are oh. like you know, I'm like I was like I was like I think I could be like I'd probably be like a good dad. Like, I think you, know? you could I think be, be, but it's like, you know what it is, yeah. but it's the student loans, honestly. Like you know, like <laughs> yo, let like, let Lady yo, Liz get in like there, she the, might uh, take care of it. The that income for you. to debt ratio right now is not is not kid sustainable, but Listen, you know, fuck them loans. Oh, come oh, on, oh, come oh, on. You talking to I know, you know, I know. So you know, one of those things, like you know, it's like one of these things is not going to be tended to. One of these things is does not. Yeah, I'm thinking about moving. Puerto Rico so you know that's that's the thought with this to take this work uh and join people or help helps make it happen in PR because they have a really big so problem if you want to move to Puerto Rico and help him pay back his loans 
and help Juan do the work. Do the we doing the work now. You doing the work and you can do the work. You can do duality is a thing. Duality, duality is a thing. Do the work, get the work. Do the work, get the work. Get the work. Thank you so much again, Juan. Right. I really you. appreciate yeah, you. you. I want you to come back. Okay. Like, let's get into this some more. I think this is super important. We could take questions, like whatever people thought about this, we could take those and like just answer questions. Or- I actually would love if you guys wrote in. So you know how to reach us, getting grown podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions for Juan, take me to task. Please <laughs> give us your thoughts on the episode. What you know, your takes on what toxic masculinity is, maybe some of the ways that it's been displayed in your life. And maybe we can do a part two to this. That would be mm. awesome. That would be awesome because this answer is a, part two, yeah. a Q&A. Yes, indeed. Because this is a conversation that we need to have. It's how we can start to... It's a lot of generational shit that we have to break. Yeah. Especially as people of color in whatever form that comes. That's what getting mm. grown is, right? Unlearning. Unlearning. And, relearning. And relearning and reconnecting and regrounding. That's exactly what getting grown is. So. Mm. But we appreciate it. And we are going to now move on. We're going to let Juan get a little ratchet. We're going to get into these petty peeves. Uh-oh. He's going to be like, my petty peeve is when people steal the bell <laughs> off my bike. No, I got that shit locked down. Shit. I'm not. Oh, you got your bell locked? My bell. I don't. My bell is my mouth. I don't need You're supposed bell. to have a bell. They will write you a ticket. I watch them write somebody a $100 ticket for not having a stupid ass bell. I mean, they've gotten me I'm a bike, things before. I'm a bike person, too. They almost got me once. I went and got one. Well, I have a, I, I usually ride around with a little like speaker blasting. So I think by oh, some way that can that count person. as a bell. Yeah. Well, I, keep, oh, I don't blast it too loud, but like, yeah. It's not like a ghetto blaster on your bike. It is. I mean, it, I know it, it is. is, but I, I'm usually, <laughs> I'm usually blasting, I'm blasting salsa and an act of back. cultural don't preservation and resistance. <laughs> he is not. Yo, some motherfuckers riding around this. New York blasting salsa because we're still here. That's right. look at these. With the light blue flag. I'm looking. That's right. And the black and white. But yo, I'm looking at these white folks around booking like, yes, Puerto Ricans are still here, motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. Keep this shit in here, Jade. That's what I'm saying. That's right. Yeah, keep all of it in time. Fuck it. All right, let's get into these petty peeves. Support for today's show comes from Third Love. With more than 80 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Y'all know how we feel about Third Love up over here. We love Third Love. We love it because all titties were not created equal. And so therefore... The cup sizes, the half sizes, they're absolutely wonderful. My bra straps don't flip all over. They have an amazing quiz that you take ahead of time to let them know what your titties are looking like. How do they hang? How do they sit? How do they flow in the wind? And so there's a bra for everybody. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you own with straps that won't slip and tagless labels. Not to mention lightweight, super thin memory foam cups that mold to your shape and are proprietary to third love. Best of all, every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. How wonderful is that? Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com grown now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash grown for 15% off today. Is it just me or is the list of harmful ingredients to avoid getting longer? Making a conscious effort to buy even the basics can feel overwhelming, but with Kapari deodorant, it's a no-brainer, y'all. Kapari offers deodorants that are free of aluminum and guilt. 
Y'all know I don't like aluminum in my deodorant. I do not want to be skeptical about what's getting ready to happen with my pits. I don't want them to be sore. You know, aluminum makes your white t-shirts yellow. That's something for you to, 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 to just hold in your back pocket. But Kapari is absolutely wonderful because it smells amazing and clean. It doesn't smell super sweet. Like people think of coconut and they think of sweet. I have no idea why, but they do. It smells like clean coconut milk. Like you walk around and your pits are dripping like Vita Coco. It's who doesn't want to smell like that? Kapari is wonderful. And then on top of that, I get my subscription right at my door. So I don't have to go into the store. If I start running out of deodorant, it's not a problem because I'm on a schedule. You probably remember us raving about Kapari's last edition, Driftwood, a charcoal deodorant. You know how your girl feels about charcoal. They also have Beach Gardenia, a fragrance-free option, and the best-selling and my personal favorite, the original coconut is Bike. Coconut deodorant is a cleaner alternative to traditional deodorants. It's aluminum-free, vegan, and does not contain silicone, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, or baking soda, which I know my pits are allergic to. The driftwood scent I mentioned before uses activated charcoal to draw out sweat and toxins and absorb odor-causing bacteria. All Kapari deodorant keeps you fresh with plant-based actives like sage oil and coconut oil. Best of all, you never have to worry about running out of deodorant because you can get Kapari automatically shipped to you as often as you choose. You know how much deodorant you need. You get to choose how frequently you get it. And it's all for free. And Kapari offers a money back guarantee. Go to kaparibeauty.com slash grown to get 15% off your monthly subscription orders. That's Kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I beauty.com slash grown. <laughs> All right, it's time to get into the petty peeves. I think we're going to start with our guests. Oh, man. Antoinette. Oh. Yeah, you didn't see that coming. <laughs> my my petty peeve. My petty peeve. Oh, this is great. Speaking of toxic masculinity. Okay. When my ex is in somebody's comments who I'm interested in. Oh, my God. <laughs> that shit oh had God. me fucking tight. I was like, what are you doing? Get yeah. out of my life. That's just like whack. It's like, why do you have to know him? And like, why? (laughs) It's just so frustrating. Like, go away. Just fade to black. I wish you well, sir. So what happens now when, you know, he's there? There's nothing you can do about that. How you going to handle that? They don't know each other like that. I don't care. Tell him to block him. Just tell the other dude to block him. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> First of all, I went on one date and I'm hyped. But I'm just you saying, are. it's you annoying. <laughs> it's just like, just that just that fact is like, ugh. And that's not the first time when I've been like, ew, why do you know this person too? Move. You know why. You know exactly why. I don't know why. With God, I see what you do for everyone else. <laughs> you do such nice things. <laughs> Please let me be Sierra. Let let me reap the rewards. Oh, you got to go download her prayer. I saw. I wrote her prayer in my journal. I wrote her prayer. (laughs) I wrote that bitch's prayer in my journal. And who's the other one? Nicole R. E. Parker, the one that's uh, married. Kojo. Yeah, she wrote a prayer. Did she? But it was for herself. I know now that I can get behind. What she wrote down, she said, "I want this, this, this," and then she looked at all the whole list and she said to herself, "Now, are you those things?" Ooh. Mm -hmm. 
child. Okay, that and then when she looked at that baby and she said, I'm not this one and this one, she had to go become those things. And then there his ass was disappeared. And I bet you her ex wasn't in his damn comments. He might have been, though. Antoinette. That is annoying. It could be a test. I actually met Child, Mars you Kojo, know you are. And I will say that he was very nice. He said, seems well, like a nice man. You're such a handsome, nice man. This is just pleasant. You know, usually it's one or the other. Not the light skin. <laughs> I know. He wasn't know. acting light skin. He was not at all, all right. actually. Well, not praise, even a little bit. Juan's praise like, John. acting light skin. What does that mean? John's like, Juan was like, oh, this is toxic. I don't want to play this game. I know this is a very toxic this conversation. Is, this is beneath me. Okay, Juan, what? do you have a petty peeve? <laughs> Uh, shit. What, what? I get annoyed at everything. So it's like, let me, let, let, is, let me think about what, what pissed me off this afternoon. I mean, Just I, this afternoon. Yeah. I the mean, empanada I'll, or the people. They ain't get your thing right. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I mean, I'm not going to get mad at people in food service. Like, you know, shit goes sideways. I've been sign, there. Ladies. Um, you know, you know what, motherfucker, like, how the fuck do you live in New York and you get on a crowded train and you need to be asked to take your fucking book bag off? Can we talk about these? Oh, like, my. That, that is a perfect petty peeve, Juan. That is that is everything. That's not that even petty. That's fucking that is the fucking truth. I, <laughs> I did a petty. whole episode on that bullshit. On taking your backpack off? On just the trains. I mean, just, just, the way people, just the way people work space. I feel like it's 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 like a subtle power move sometimes. It or is. It's like or just like playing ignorant, like, you know, so like you. You're not in the fucking suburbs. Be aware that like you're sharing space with crowded like city. Right. Like, take it off. Uh, all right, that's what I got. And hold it down on your side. You right. know how all of this is supposed to work. Well, What's they my- don't. Pay attention and learn. Shit. My petty peeve is for um, the niggas who ride around Brooklyn with their music so loud that I can sing every single lyric, bass line, all hook. <laughs> Inside my home with my windows closed, I have a sleeping child. And if I, no, I can't say that. I can't say that. What were you about to say? That I would like to sit in the window and target each and every one of them, but I'm not going to say that. (laughs) That's toxic. That is toxic. That's very well. I wish they would turn Vibrate higher, Jade. You're absolutely right, which is why I didn't say it. But you said it afterwards. You could have texted me. You asked me. I mean, you could still yell out the window with a call to considerateness. That's what I do. Little do you know, it's Juan on his bike. (laughs) (laughs) The Boombotics Pro got the extra amp. The speaker he got on his bike drawing. (laughs) All right, that's my motherfucking Hey, trying to try tell these white folks that Puerto Ricans are still in Brooklyn. Black flag resistance. I know that's right. A black Puerto Rican flag. I cannot. Well, that's another episode of Getting Grown. <laughs> what a way to end. What a way. I appreciate you all for joining me. Thank I you really for having do. Me. I know Thank you Kia, for having us. Kia appreciates appreciates it as well. I would love light for her. and love to Kia. Yes. Yeah, you all send all the love and light to Kia. Everybody send it to Kia. Send her some love, and um, in honor of Kia and making her chuckle, I want you to send her pictures on her Twitter of what did I have you all send last time? Ian Van Zandt's boots. <laughs> so I want you to send her 
pictures of baby Nuck from Love After Lockup and send her love and light along with those pictures. Don't tell her I sent you. Thanks so much. Um, in the meantime and in between time, I will make sure that everybody's information is posted in the description box. Make sure y'all hit up Juan, slide into those DMs. He's a slide. good dude. Uh, you all can also too. slide into Antoinette's DMs no, as no, well. Or no, no. The I'm trying to get girls. married. Okay. So you can slide if you want to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> and you see what you Or doing. not even marriage. Just long-term commitment is the same thing. But I'm trying to like own land, trying to like love somebody. I want to cuddle. I'm trying to be tender, you know. And clearly you see she's very vulnerable and open. I am wide the fuck open. We love it, Antoinette. So we love you very much. Make sure you guys check out Around the Way Curls where you get a whole lot more of that. And also, uh, uh, tickets are on sale now. Getting Grown is going on tour with the Friend Zone. Yes. So we'll be in Dallas at the end of the month. Um, We will be in Atlanta on uh, December 14th. Also, there's a For the Culture dinner party and marketplace happening December 13th in Atlanta. So those tickets are on sale. I'll make sure to put all that information in the description box. Aren't you going to Houston this week for, we for will the be, culture? And I will be in Houston this week for, for the culture. Shout out to I Santana. can't wait to see you all there. I cannot wait to see my boo Santana. We have, not, we have not cackled in weeks. Juan knows Santana very, very well. That's actually how I met Juan. Hey. <laughs> so shout out to she and make sure you all check out her cooking series. I'm just trying to make sure I get all my shout outs in. And um, also going on sale December 21st, one night only for the Culture Dopest Dinner Party in D.C., along with a very special marketplace featuring the ladies of the Black Dragon Breakfast Club and Zen in a Jar as well. And Zen in a Jar will be at every other event that we have this year. So make sure you all check her out. And I think that's it. Make sure you drink your water, mind your business and moisturize your skin. Because your black will crack if it's dry. Amen. Bye. Or I will be. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.